What is up, everybody? Welcome to the week three edition of the NFL Flowchart Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. Alrighty, everyone. Thanks for joining me on this beautiful Saturday morning. Had a little bit of a scheduling mix-up last week. Was out uh, in Dallas, Texas watching the Jaguars. Uh, sorry, not the Jaguars. Uh, watching the Jets play the the Cowboys. Uh, little boots on the ground action. Checking out uh, checking out those two teams and uh, had to had to switch it up a little bit. But uh, now now we're back at our normal time. Uh, ready to ready to rip here uh, into week three, and I think it's a it's a pretty fun looking week. Um, I, I think there's some some interesting game environments that we want to target, um, and the chalk is condensing a little bit, um, uh, which I think is good. There's actually a pretty straightforward path uh, for cash games this week, and so uh, yeah, let's just uh, jump in and and see where we're at. So we'll start by sharing the uh, cash games flowchart. Uh, so uh, this week in cash, I think it's a pretty, uh, I, I think it's a pretty straightforward week in cash. Um, as far as like the cash game core goes, uh, I chose to pick the four players from the Vikings and Chargers game that are basically all kind of popping the most um, in the sheets, uh, in the projections, stuff like that. I think Having access to the highest total on the slate, 54 and a half, I think is the over under here. Um, and having four players from that game is not a bad way to go in cash. And all of these guys um, project really well from a value standpoint for their condition, uh, for their position. So starting off the top with Kirk Cousins, uh, quarterback 6,900, uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver 9,300, Mike Williams, wide receiver 6,000. And Joshua Kelly running back for 5,400. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think it's pretty pretty straightforward to get all those guys in your lineups. Um, and I think you know maybe there's some question marks. So well, uh, can I have can I can I have two Vikings or can, do you, do you feel nervous having two Chargers? I mean, when when there's a stack, when it's Cousins to Jefferson, I don't feel really too bad about it at all. Um, and then. From the other standpoint of a team where there's, you know, if, if it's not stacked with the quarterback and it's just two ancillary pieces, then I think a lot of the times the question comes into what is the price point, right? So at Mike Williams at 6,000, I mean, he has not had the huge game yet, but his underlying stats and some of um, those metrics that we look at every week in the workload report are really, really good. And I think um, he is quite mispriced on DraftKings, especially when you account for the game environment that um, the Chargers are going to be in this week. And so I think at Mike Williams at 6,000 should probably be, you know, six to $800 more. And then Joshua Kelly too, he did not have a great showing last week um, and his price didn't change much either. And so I think that is also a little bit mispriced. And so from that standpoint, when we think the, they are mispriced a bit and we think the, um, you know, there's some value there. I'm not too worried about it. You know, if we're playing, um, you know, let's take, for example, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, like 
if it was like a Tyreek Hill and a Jalen Waddle, right? And both those guys are relatively expensive, then I would start to get a little bit more nervous playing them both in cash. But I think at this price point for both of these guys, Mike Williams and Josh Kelly, I'm, I'm not too nervous about it at all. Um, okay, so then um, it, usually it's kind of weird to make this a decision point, tight end and de defense. Um, but I do think it is one that helps kind of fit the rest of the pieces in at the end at the end of the flow chart. And so I think the two tight end options are Durham Smythe this week at uh, 2,900. Just double check on 2,900 to make sure that's the right number I have in there. Yeah, 2,900 for Smythe um, for the Dolphins. And then Zach Ertz as well, 3,500, uh, is projecting really well, seeing a ton of targets. Um, and Dallas has actually been giving up quite a few um, yards to uh, tight ends and, and targets to tight ends so far this year. So um, those are those are kind of the two options on the low end. I know Zach Ertz is is a bit of a dust ball, but um, you know he does project well and, and he does fit into a lot of lineups. And then uh, from a defense standpoint, Washington Commanders 2,400 if you need to go kind of all the way down uh, in order to fit things in your cash lineup. They're a, they're a fine option uh, against the Bills. Um, or I do have the Bills defense up here as well um, at 2,900. If you need to save 100 bucks, you could also probably pivot to the Jets off of the Bills. Uh, Jets at 2,800, uh, Bills 2,900. Um, so you know, when people ask, you know, I think this is something that's important to think through people talking about, well, you know, the commanders play the bills. It's probably going to be a shootout, high scoring game, stuff like that. Um, if anything, bills are probably going to score a lot of points. So why would the commander's defense be good? Well, the answer to that is, I mean, we saw Josh Allen throw, I think three interceptions two two or three interceptions in week one, uh, against the jets. Um, and they uh, lost that game. Uh, we've seen Josh Allen be a little bit crazy. We've seen him, you know, when the pace is up and there's more pass attempts, that's actually a bit of a positive for the defense because we're not really targeting points against points. We're not trying to score points by having teams shut out. We're looking for sacks and we're looking for interceptions, which, you know, which have and pick sixes, right? Pick six, right? And all three of those things happen when there's more pass attempts in the game. So that's why I'm never too worried about a defense that's supposed to be in a shootout. Um, if it's with a quarterback, that's a little bit all over the place, like Josh Allen has been to start the year, uh, then I'm totally fine targeting that. So anyways, you're going to kind of pick your combination of tight end and defense there. Um, there's, you know, multiple ways that things work out depending how you pick it. So Ertz with commanders or Smythe with bills or whatever there's, there's, you can, you can really go any route with it. Don't have to necessarily stick to the guide rails here uh, on the chart, the top or the bottom. Um, and then uh, we're going to go into basically column number three. And so from there, you're going to kind of ho uh, hold it down for picking a stud running back, right? And so I think the two options this week that project well on near the top of the salary cap are Tony Pollard for the Cowboys at 8,000 and then Travis Etienne for the Jaguars at 6,900. And, um, you know, both of these guys uh, are in great spots. They've gotten great usage uh, to begin the year. Um, you know, I was in Dallas, like I said, last weekend, Pollard, Got a ton of work. It didn't get into the end zone, um, but even in a game that they were blowing out the Jets, Pollard was getting a ton of work, getting a ton of carries, getting a ton of targets, um, just all over the place. So I think at eight thousand, he's still a pretty big steal there. And then ETN as well should should uh, do quite a bit of work here against this pretty bad Texans run defense. And so 
from there, you know, um, depending kind of which route you took with tight end and defense, and then which route you take here with the stud running backs, you could go, you know, for the uh, bottom kind of path there with Tony Pollard. And if you uh, went a little bit cheaper at tight end with Durham Smythe, then you can fit in either Christian Kirk or Zach Moss. Uh, Christian Kirk's 5,400. Zach Moss is 5,500. I'm not sure I fully have a lean yet on which way I'd like to go. I will say Zach Moss is probably a little bit of a better um, value now that Anthony Richardson is out this week, right? Because Richardson probably won't be stealing those goal line carries. Um, and But then Christian Kirk as well as without Zay Jones just coming off a really big week uh, last week and again plays this pretty bad Houston Texans defense. So I really think either of those options are going to be fine. And then uh, on the flip side, if you have to kind of uh, move things around um, depending, you know, exactly how you went with tight end and defense, uh, you may need to jump down to Jerome Ford. If you still want to fit in Tony Pollard and, and maybe like Zach Ertz, uh, you can jump down to Jerome Ford, 4,800. You know, he had that Monday night game, um, where Nick Chubb, you know, obviously blew everything out in his knee and is now out for the season. And so he is still underpriced this week for what he should be um, at 4,800 that DraftKings put up, puts up the pricing before the Monday night games are over. And so that is, um, you know, a little bit of a misprice there. I'm not sure it's a necessary thing that we need to go down there this week, um, but it is, it is something to consider if you want to kind of figure out some other things and make things fit. And then Alexander Madison as well, 5,800. You know, a little bit of bad press this week with, um, you know, Cam Akers going to the Vikings, right? And, um, you know, Madison not really having the greatest game last Thursday, right? We had a couple fumbles um, and then, you know, just not really being super efficient to start the year so far. Um, and, you know, I'm I, I'm just okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with kind of trusting the projections here, leaning into the guy who's a little bit of a value when you pull up the sheets and you, and you kind of, uh, spread across the landscape. And then you don't really hate the narrative of, hey, they brought in a new guy and he's fresh off a two-fumble game. Maybe he's got a little bit of something to prove this week uh, before Cam Akers is activated next week. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of some of the decisions that you need to make with the stud running back and then fitting in kind of that mid-tier piece around them. And then lastly, we've basically got two um, 3K receivers. And these should really kind of be the last piece of the puzzle and help bring your lineup together. Adam Thielen for the Panthers, 3,900. And then Tank Dell for the Texans, 3,600. Um, you know, we saw a pretty good game out of Thielen on Monday. You know, a lot of people were anti-Thielen this offseason and best ball and stuff like that. And redraft, not really on all aboard the Thielen train here, you know, getting older, stuff like that. Um, but uh, he was Bryce Young's, you know, reliable target there, and he was going in quite a bit. Um, so you would kind of assume with Andy Dalton in there now this week, Thielen may have a little bit of a of a safer floor, maybe a little bit safer target floor. Um, it's just, you know, he's kind of in that camp of catch the ball and fall down nowadays, whereas not a whole lot of yards after the catch, not a whole lot of explosives. You're just kind of banking on a bunch of catches for Thielen, right? And, you know, maybe five for 60 yards or something like that. Um, Tank Dell, I think, is a little bit of an interesting um, decision, you know, option as well, because 
I don't think he's got the safest floor, um, but he does have a bit higher of a ceiling on him um, when you think of, you know, if this Texans and Jaguars games gets to be a bit of a shootout, uh, then, you know, we've, we already saw CJ Stroud have a pretty big week last week um, in, in a bit of a comeback mode, and and we could see that happening again this week. And so Tank Dell obviously has the ability to take, take the top off the defense a little bit more. So, so yeah, there we have it. That's uh, that kind of summarizes the cash game options for this week. Again, like I said, I think it's a pretty straightforward week. I think there's a couple critical decisions, mostly in this mid tier, what you want to do, and then at the three K receiver. Um, and so that's kind of where I would focus your 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 decision points. Um, on this and then i would just kind of fit in the tight end and the defense around with it um you know maybe a little bit backwards of how i drew it up today but um if you've got a really if you've got a really hard stance on Thielen or tank dell or vice versa on christian kirk zach moss madison stuff like that you, you can kind of also work backwards uh in the flow chart plug those guys in your lineup and then see which tight end and defense uh plug the gaps for you so plenty of options this week in the uh, cash game lineup. All right, I think we'll uh, hit the hit the mid read ad here. All right, we're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code SGP. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code SGP. Crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. All right, there we have it. There you go. Let's pop into the GPP lineup, which I know is what everybody is waiting for. Get the cash game. That's boring stuff. Get that out of the way. Let's get into the tournaments. Let's try to win some money here. Uh, we actually are on a pretty good little stretch here with the gpps you know we had a pretty good week with kirk cousins and justin jefferson um in week one uh that was a that was a, a great uh run out there and then last week with keenan allen we had the top receiver um herbert you know unfortunately didn't really get there enough uh he was outscored by by a few different guys um but yeah we did have keenan allen and then um you know just a pretty pretty good week overall last week nothing I think week one was a little bit better. I'm, I'm sure you guys saw that with your lineups. Um, but last week was not bad at all. About about half of my lineups cashed. Uh, week one was about 75%. Um, so, so yeah, this one's fun. This one's a really fun one. We're, we're going a bit off the board. We always uh, like to throw one or two of these in here that make everybody squirm a little bit, make everybody get a little bit nervous when they're submitting their lineups. It's kind of what you want to be, right? You want to be a little bit uneasy when you submit your lineup on Sunday mornings if you're playing a GPP correctly. So we are going to target this Washington Commanders and Buffalo Bills game. And I know I just talked about how, you know, that game, uh, there was both of the defenses that were, were kind of highlighted in the um, 
cash game flow chart. Um, but I think that's a lot of projection pricing standpoint and, and not necessarily, um, you know, a, a hot take there. And I think, you know, as it relates to uh, the game environments, like we we're talking about, I think this game has a little bit of a sneaky potential, I think, to be a shootout. And I think it could be a pretty good source of some fantasy here. And, and we'll talk through why it's not the hugest risk right now, too. So, but just just setting the table here, right? So Eric Bieniemy, new uh, offensive coordinator for the Commanders, obviously has a lot of experience playing against uh, Leslie Frazier and the Bills defense from back in his days when he was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. And so I think um, they'll definitely be prepared. They'll definitely have a couple things planned. Um, and we've already seen the commanders been able to keep up with some teams. I mean, they are two and oh, I think, um, out of the gate. And yeah, I mean, they're, they've been, uh, playing well. They've, uh, Sam Howell has been a pleasant surprise. Um, and, uh, you know, Brian Robinson's been playing well. The re receiving cores hasn't had any explosive games, but they've been playing pretty well too. So I think this could be, you know, if the bills get out to an early lead here, um, I think the commanders should be able to keep up with them. Um, and then you never know. I mean, the bills have, have looked a bit fraudulent this year. So uh, this could be a little bit of a exciting game here. Um, so starting off the stack, the team stack, we're actually going to take the commander side of things. So we're going to go Sam Howell at quarterback, and then we're going to pair him up with Jahan Dotson uh, in every lineup. And then from there, you're going to choose your second commander option, which would either be Terry McLaurin, uh, or John Bates, the tight end. Um, now, the, this tight end discussion is a little bit gross, right? Because Logan Thomas out, out. Logan Thomas is out with a concussion, um, and so then they have John Bates and Cole Turner. Um, I looked through the workload report. I looked at some of the ancillary stats from the last two weeks, and Bates has been getting more of the uh, snaps and has been getting more of the targets as well. And so I think. Um, really at 2,800, all we're hoping is he just falls into a touchdown here. Um, and obviously if that touchdown is tied to Sam Howell, then that helps us as well. Um, and then, yeah, as it relates to Dotson versus Curtis Samuel versus Terry McLaurin, um, the price point for Dotson, oh, shoot, I think I have this wrong now that I'm looking at it. Dotson is not 5,900. He should be 4,900. Uh, so we'll get that updated before it gets posted um, but yeah, the price point for Dotson at 4,900, um, is just a really sweet spot. And, and my, uh, Sims were showing that he's got some really good potential for 4X, 5X, the salary outcome there. Um, and then Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel were really projecting pretty similar from a cost adjusted standpoint. And so, um, just, just took a bet on Terry McLaurin here. We're already saving a ton of money with this stack to begin with. So, uh, we'll go with Dotson and McLaurin. Um, as kind of the two wide receiver options here. Um, and so when you're done with the stack, I mean, we're spending like 13,000 bucks or some, or we're spending like, you know, uh, yeah, uh, 13 to $14,000 with this stack. And that, you know, that already takes up three wide receiver positions. And so as we'll see, as we go through this, it really allows us to get a ton of access to um, some really well-projected players. We should have two um, potentially three players in our lineup that could most likely, that, that will be projecting as the highest scoring at their position. And, um, you know, there's a couple other options too that could could be the high performer there. So anytime that you can save on the stack that you think has a little bit sneaky outcome, in order to get access to that ceiling at the positions. And I think the ceiling positions this week are pretty um, 
pretty condensed, right? So let, let's just take a second to talk through that, right? So at the top of the running back table, um, we've got this week, we've got Tony Pollard at 8,000. We've got Bijan Robinson at 7,800. Derek Henry at 7,400, Travis Etienne 6,900, and then there's a ton of guys in the sixes and the fives. And so when you're looking at kind of the ceiling outcomes, Pollard, Bijan, Henry's got a bit of a tough matchup this week with the Browns. So Pollard and Bijan, and, and maybe you could toss Etienne in there, could really separate themselves quite a bit from the balance of the running back crew. Same thing when we scroll down to wide receiver, right? So Justin Jefferson, 9,300, Tyreek Hill, 9,000. And then from there, it's a big, basically $1,000 jump down to Diggs. Um, Amon Ra, who's dealing with a, um, a, a turf toe, and then CD Lamb, 7,700, Keenan Allen. And so just from a number standpoint, right, Jefferson and Hill project you know, about four to five points better than both of those guys. And so though that could really, though, that position could also be a really big separator this week. And then lastly, let's go down to tight end because um, it's actually a pretty fun tight end slate um, because Kelsey obviously is going to be the highest, you know, more than likely he's going to be a highest priced tight end every week. Um, and he's at 7,200 this week. And then Hawkinson, 6,500 and Mark Andrews, 6,000. And then there's a big drop off to everybody else in the four thousands. And so, you know, more than likely one of those three guys is really going to separate, if not multiple of them. And so if you think about like the full landscape this week, where you've got the three stud tight ends, you've got the two stud receivers, and you've got two, maybe three stud running backs, you know, those positions, could, those guys could be putting up scores that really separates them from the rest of the pack. And being able to get one from each of those um, is a pretty great option. Um, and so, you know, the other thing that that doing this Sam Howell stack does with the commanders is it automatically puts us into a really, really, really low ownership, combinatorial ownership, right? Uh, if we just look at what uh, Washington, the Washington guys are kind of projected to be owned. Let's look at Sam Howell is coming in at about 3%. Uh, John Bates, I'm sure, is nothing. Let me just double check. Yeah, he's, he's probably going to be one percenter. Uh, Jahan Dotson's looking to be, he's a pretty good value. He's looking all right, seven percent. Uh, and then Terry McLaurin, like three percent as well. And so, I mean, none of these guys are really going to be, um, a very uh, high owned at all. And so that combinatorial ownership at the beginning of, you know, we're, we're competing with 1% of lineups maybe that have all these guys or probably even less um, is really just allowing us to do whatever the heck we want at the end of the lineup. And, and we can almost just throw ownership projections out the door and just make all the salaries fit because we know if this game performs well and the commanders, you know, we don't even need the commanders, this commander stack to really like explode off of their, you know, salary projection. We just need them to like hit it and like go a little bit above it. And then we want to just ride the rest of the 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 hot big horses that we have in this lineup. Um, so so let's dive into those. Let's 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 get off the commanders and keep going here. So uh, from a bring back standpoint for the Bills, um, obviously getting Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis uh, as two options in there are pretty fun. Um, and then I also have the the the, the two running backs, Bijan Robinson and Travis Etienne that we talked about here. And so you can kind of mix and match all these guys around. And if you're playing 20 lineups or so, I would definitely do that. And, and that's what I'm planning to do as well. You know, Gabe Davis with Bijan and Stefan Diggs with Etienne kind of 
balance themselves out the most from a salary standpoint, but I'll be playing plenty of Gabe Davis and ETN. I'll be playing plenty of Stefan Diggs and Bijan Robinson. Um, you'll have to get a little bit creative uh, with the flow chart. And, and I'll talk about that next. Um, if you're kind of, you know, going, doing some combinations like that, but uh, it should definitely be doable. Um, and, and you should definitely be able to get quite a few different combos. Um, so then uh, going off the kind of Terry McLaurin route, um, since we did not take a tight end yet, I've got two different secondary game stacks that include tight ends over here um, in column number three. And so the first option would be Dalton Schultz at tight end for the Texans, 3,700, paired with Christian Kirk for the Jags, 5,400. I uh, talked about Kirk a little bit already in the cash lineup. Um, and I think Schultz is actually really good leverage off of Tank Dell, who's going to be in a lot of um, lineups uh, this week, just because he's a really popular low-owned guy. Uh, Dalton Schultz is the basically the exact same price, just a different position. And if he snags uh, one or two touchdowns instead of Tank Dell, uh, that's some some pretty sweet leverage at that same price point. Uh, and then the other option I have is TJ Hawkinson and Joshua Kelly. Um, so TJ Hawkinson, 6,500, Josh Kelly, 5,400, right? And so obviously Hawkinson was that guy that gives us access to the tight end ceiling, the really high end outcome. Um, and then Josh Kelly, I think, is primed for a little bit of a bounce back spot here um, and could provide some pretty good leverage off of the rest of the Chargers passing attack that should be pretty popular this weekend. Um, and then... If you go the route that has John Bates, then you don't really need to worry too much about a tight end. And so this is where I have the another uh, Chargers Vikings game stack with Mike Williams uh, and KJ Osborne at the bottom pathway of the flow chart here. So KJ Osborne, probably a little bit of a controversial take here. Um, and I'll be honest with you guys, I am I am uh, kind of a slave to the spreadsheets on this one and am going with KJ Osborne purely off of the sheets um he's um we've seen a few ceiling games in the past from him we know that jordan addison is there now um to probably take a little bit of his role over um but at four thousand dollars he's got i've got him at a 14 percent chance for a 4x in my simulations um and that was quite a bit higher than addison and even justin jefferson um from a cost ejected uh, cost adjusted potential to get to a 4x um of your salary, which is I think a pretty good target point to kind of look at getting to that 200 point threshold in your whole lineup. Um, so I do have a little bit of an asterisk here with Mike Williams and KJ Osborne uh, because we've only taken one running back in our lineup at this point. I do kind of say, hey, you can switch out Mike Williams for Josh Kelly. You can switch out KJ Osborne for Alexander Madison if you want to be able to get access to the wide receiver. Um, Tyreek Hill in column number four. Um, if not, and if you do go Mike Williams and KJ Osborne, then you'll basically need to go with Tony Pollard here in column number four. Uh, so just something to, to keep a note of um, and, and make sure you're understanding how how we get there to the Tyreek Hill lineups. Because I don't want people to be like, hey, there's no way I'm fitting Tyreek Hill. It doesn't make any sense if I follow your flowchart exactly. So just wanted to get that note out there. So yeah, filling in the gap for column number four. 
uh, we should have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so we should have uh, one player left to fit in. And so I did include some defensive options here at the bottom. Um, obviously, got to have a defense in our lineup every week. So I've got the Jets. I've got the Patriots. I think that game could be a bit of a slog fest. Um, and both defense, I think, are viable. Patriots are, I think, 3,500. Jets are 2,800. Uh, and then I don't really hate the Saints against the Packers. It looks like the Packers are going to be um, pretty banged up for another week here and uh, not be at full strength. Uh, and the Saints defense has been pretty good to start the year. And then Cleveland as well has been a really good defense um, to start the year. And they're going up against the Titans, who we saw Tannehill struggling week one, have a little bit of a bounce back in week two, but uh, could see a few picks uh, from him. So those are defensive options. And then filling in the gap at that last position, um, you should have plenty of room to get Tony Pollard in your lineups um, if, if you want him. Uh, like I said, if you kind of finagle some things around to get that second running back in earlier, there are a couple pathways where Tyreek Hill fits as well. So I think that's really fun to try to get in there, especially if you've got some other Vikings in your lineups, right? So thinking always just kind of thinking about this leverage stuff is super important right and so we just talked through like jefferson and hill are in a tier above everyone else from a wide receiver standpoint well if we're going to play hill then it makes a lot of sense to to lean into the fact that we think hill's going to separate himself and it's going to be because none of the other guys can get him and jefferson doesn't have the greatest game ever right and so if Jefferson doesn't have the game greatest game ever, it's probably not because the Vikings offense failed, right? This is a going to be a pretty good game environment. Um, and, and, and there's going to be a lot of points being scored. So it's probably because Jefferson got a bunch of catches and yards, but didn't get the touchdowns. Right. And so figuring out, okay, who's going to get those touchdowns. Can I play him with a hot? Can I play him with the Madison? Can I play him with a KJ Osborne? Can I play him with the Jordan Addison? If you want stuff like that, just pairing up that leverage piece and like really it's just like a boost on that bet, right? Like you're betting on Tyree kill to be the best receiver. So how can you boost that bet? Right. How can you like leverage it and get, get a little bit more of a bet there that it really ha hits. Um, so I really like that play. Um, and like I said, there, you gotta get creative with how it fits, but there are a few paths to make it work. And then if you don't go the Tony Pollard route, I think if you end up going the, TJ Hawkinson route at tight end that gets you a little bit more pressed for money. So then I've got Amari Cooper and Alexander Madison as two options um, to fill in the gaps there. Um, again, Madison, I think, is in a similar boat as Josh Kelly. We talked about him a little bit in the cash game flow chart, but I think could be a pretty good pretty good bounce back game for them. Um, and they do provide good leverage off of their pass catchers. And then uh, Amari Cooper, you know, I think is, could be in for a pretty big week here. The Titans are a pretty well-known pass funnel. That's why we targeted them last week with the Chargers. Um, and that paid off. Keenan Allen had a huge day. Uh, Mike Williams had a lot of uh, receptions. Herbert uh, had a pretty good day as well, finished as QB7, I think. Um, and so Amari Cooper getting a ton of uh, you know, catches here, uh, getting a ton of looks as the primary receiving option for the Browns, I think makes a lot of sense, um, especially with uh, Tennessee being pretty stout up front and the Browns just kind of having Jerome Ford, maybe Kareem Hunt's going to get a couple snaps. It's not going to be a well-oiled machine in the run game. Uh, so yeah, that, that basically sums it up. Um, I think, uh, I think, you know, having this low owned Washington commander stack is probably going to make people a little bit queasy. Um, but when we get to the end here and we see how many of the stud options that we're able to fit in with it. Um, and when we really factor in how condensed some of the top end of these 
position groups are this week. I think getting access to that and really having those guys blow off the top of the position groups, fitting into one lineup together with this stack, um, with this correlation, fits really well. And I think I'm really excited about it. The more that we talk through it, the more we think through it. So uh, I think we could be in for a pretty fun week here, um, as long as Sam Howell doesn't completely, uh, you know, screw the pooch and and uh, play a horrible game. But uh, should be pretty fun. I do. Again, think that once you fit in this commander's uh, double stack, you can really throw in the rest of the ownership out the door and you can kind of play whoever you want, whoever fits. Um, and so, you know, think it through some of that leverage. Uh, if, if you if you play some of the higher positions, how to leverage off the similar guys around them um, and then keeping some of the access to some of these high scoring games like the Vikings chargers, like the Jags and Texans um, is is a pretty fun angle to take. So I think that wraps it up, people. I appreciate everyone who tuned in live here. I had a pretty solid uh, squad hanging out, and uh, this will go up on the podcast feed, and the charts will go up on the website here shortly. Thanks, everyone.